God's grace, his mercy, and his peace are yours through faith in Christ our Savior. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel lesson from St. Matthew. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it was a simple question. Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? And Adam could have said, yes, Lord, I did. But no, Instead, Adam acted like a morally corrupt and foolish criminal trying to defend himself in court when he knows he's guilty. Adam said to God, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate it. So Adam denies his guilt and he denies his responsibilities. Adam proved his complete fall into the sewer of sinfulness. And out of some sin-warped logic, Adam shifted the blame. He blames Eve. But ultimately, he's blaming God. The woman you gave me, she made me eat it. Well, you notice that God does not even dignify Adam's half-truth with an answer. No, instead God says to Eve, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Eve was in the same boat as Adam, a boat that had already sunk to the deepest depths of depravity. She, too, shifted the blame. In essence, she was saying, well, yeah, Lord, the, the, the serpent came, and, and he tricked me. He, he made a fool of me. And by the way, Lord, didn't you create that creature? Just like Adam had done, Eve learned well, she shifted the blame. Eve blamed God for her sin. Now, you and I, we are all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. When it comes to our sin, we say, you know, Lord, it's, it's, it's really not my fault. I mean, it's, it's Satan's fault. He made me do it. I mean, he didn't play fair. He came to me with that temptation when I was like really, really tired and super stressed out. He got me at my weakest point. And, you know, he even made it seem, he made me believe that this sin was actually going to do me some good. So, God, you can't really blame me. Honestly, Lord, I couldn't, I couldn't really resist Satan's temptations. It's like Adam and Eve did. By instinct, we also shift the blame for our sin. It's so easy for us to say, the devil made me do it. But when we shift the blame to Satan, still deep down in our hearts, we know exactly where the blame lies. Yeah, the devil tempted me all right, but he didn't have to work really that hard to get me to sin because, you know, I, I like the sins that I like to commit. And you know, I don't need much encouragement to do so. I like doing what I want to do, whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. And it's not like I do terrible stuff. 
you know, just a, a little white lie, you know, an off-color joke once in a while, a wee little bit of gossip. It's, it's really only, only a bit of shenanigans. It's like Adam and Eve did. We really don't take full responsibility for our guilt. We don't take full responsibility for our duty to obey God's law. And we deflect our sins, deny the real guilt of our sins. And that is why we all also desperately need Jesus. We need Jesus to defeat Satan and temptation for us. And that's the good news today. The devil could not, could not make him do it. Satan could not make Jesus sin. Now, certainly Satan tried his hardest. Our text says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, Satan's proposal seemed innocent and actually logical enough. Jesus, you're hungry. Take care of your body like you should. Use your almighty power, Jesus. Just, just create just a, a wee small bit of bread. It's, it's good for you. So, and and what's, what's, what harm is there in using your power to help yourself? Well, Satan tempts us in the same way. Go ahead. Call in sick. No, you're not really desperately sick, but you're, you are tired, and you're kind of worn out, and you're, you're burned out, and you need a break. You deserve a day off, so just go ahead and take one day off. It'll be okay. Well, just like he did with Jesus, Satan disguises his, excuse me, disguises his temptations in the idea that you're just doing what's best for you. Now, Satan didn't, excuse me, Satan didn't get Jesus to, to commit sin the first time, so Satan tries again. Our text says, The devil took him into the holy city. He placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Basically, Satan questions Jesus' trust in his heavenly Father. Come on, Jesus. Don't you know what the Bible says? says? Don't you trust your heavenly Father's promises? There's angels down there. You can see them, Jesus. There are angels down there just waiting to catch you. So, Jesus, just take the leap of faith. And yes, as Satan tempted Jesus, so Satan tempts us. Don't you trust God? Don't you know what the Bible says? Don't you know that God cares for you? So go ahead. Spend all your money. Doesn't matter. God will always supply you with more, like He always does. And go ahead. Eat and drink whatever you want. God will heal your body eventually. And, you know, drive a little faster. Haven't you heard that God has His protecting angels always watching over you? Yes, just as he did with Jesus, Satan hides his temptations under the facade of calling us to a stronger faith. Well, Satan didn't get Jesus to sin the first two times, so Satan launches the third 
wave of, of attacks. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Satan said to Jesus, I will give you all of these things if you will bow down and worship me. So Satan basically says, no, Jesus, I have a perfect plan. You don't have to go through all that suffering because you don't really want to suffer all that agony and pain on the cross, do you? Well, here's my plan. I'll give you what you want. I'll give you all the glory of all the kingdoms of the world. And all I'm asking of you, Jesus, is to give me just a little bit of praise. And then everybody wins. You get what you want. You get the world. I get what I want, a little bit of praise. Everybody's happy. Well, that's the same way Satan tempts us. Come on. You really don't want to go through all that pain and spiritual agony of truly and honestly repenting of your sins? You know, there's a way to get rid of that. I'll just stop tempting you. And I'll just stop tempting you as long as we make a bargain. All you have to do is one little thing. Just give me a little bit of praise. You know, you can still come to church, you can still praise God, you can still sing your hymns, but just give me my little cut. And everybody wins. You get to feel religious, God gets praise, I get my praise, everyone will be happy. Well, just as he did with Jesus, Satan disguises his temptations in the form of compromise, of fairness, and efficiency. And we see from this, from Adam and Eve, from how he tempted Jesus, and from how Satan tempts us, that Satan's tactics pretty much always remain the same. But that does not mean that we are powerless against Satan's temptations. Actually, we can resist Satan. We can resist Satan and send him running away because we have the same weapon that Jesus had to resist Satan. We have the Word of God. And in our text, to each one of Satan's temptations, Jesus used that Word of God. Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. God's Word always defeats Satan. But you and I, well, we have a problem with using God's Word effectively. Our sinful nature has disabled us. Even though we know what God's Word can do, even though we have access to God's Word, our sinful nature disables us. It's kind of like this. It's one of my favorite analogies. A, a soldier is lying severely wounded on a, a battlefield. Uh, he stepped on a landmine and it blew off his, his right leg and his right arm. He's bleeding profusely. He's in agony and writhing in pain. It wouldn't do any good for you as a fellow soldier to go up to him and say, Hey, buddy, pick up your M16, start shooting at the enemy, or help me get this grenade launcher aimed at the enemy's position. Now, certainly an M16 and a grenade launcher are powerful weapons. But with missing an arm and a leg and, and bleeding out on the battlefield, that, that wounded soldier really can't make effective use of those weapons. Now, likewise, God's Word is a powerful and effective weapon against Satan. And yes, sometimes we can actually, and we do use God's Word, and Satan runs away from us. But just as he was persistent with Jesus, Satan is persistent with us. He always comes back with more temptations because he knows we are weak. He knows we'll eventually crack because our sinful nature has disabled our full spiritual power. 
And so we fail to use God's Word, we fall for Satan's lies, and we sin. And so again, we need Jesus. We need Jesus to wield the sword of God's Word perfectly. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus defeated every single one of Satan's temptations. And Jesus did all this for your benefit and for my benefit. The book of Hebrews tells us, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. So Jesus is our pure, holy, sinless high priest. He is our merciful and patient Savior. And like a mighty warrior, Jesus does use the sword of God's Word to defeat Satan. And then Jesus comes out to that battlefield and He takes us, His wounded, beaten comrades, off the battlefield. Jesus takes us to Himself. And Jesus heals our spiritual wounds by making our wounds His own wounds. The prophet Isaiah says, The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. So yes, when Satan tempts you, and he will, turn to Jesus. First, follow Christ's example of using God's Word to drive Satan away, and that way works. But when you fail to use God's Word properly, and you and I, we will all fail, turn to Jesus once again, because Jesus defeated Satan for you. Jesus defeated Satan in the desert, but more than that, Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to wash away all of your sins with His holy, precious blood. So rejoice and be glad. The devil could not make Jesus sin. And therefore, we can say, as we sung earlier with Martin Luther, this world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. And that one word is the word of God made flesh. That one word is Jesus Christ, our Savior. All praise, glory, and honor be to Christ now and forever. Amen. Please rise. And now the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm.